It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. All right, for today's Locked on Reds. I have with me my friend and yours. We've had him on here to discuss lots of great Reds history stuff. He's back for more. Cam Miller. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Not too bad. I'm sipping on a cold beverage and ready to talk some Reds history. We're going to look back because the more and more that we keep hearing, the at least the the positive side of things is that, yes, uh, it's definitely going to be a shortened season, obviously, because, well, uh, they should be playing games right now, and they're not. But when we look at the shortened seasons of the past, 95 and uh, 1990 aren't quite as short as what we're probably going to be looking at here. So I'm looking more at 1981, and I wanted to enlist your help with this because I myself was not a in existence back then, <laughs> so I can't... Uh, claim to have too much knowledge of it, but I wanted to pick your brain on it. Let's start with the macro. What was the overall feeling surrounding that? See, obviously, it was shortened for a totally different reason, but what was the overall feeling? Well, I, it was, I mean, it's just a strange, strange season, much like what we're going through right now. It's very similar. I mean, I was a small lad, a wee boy, uh, looking forward to going to Gaines Riverfront Stadium back in 81, but I do remember it. I mean, this was the same time that I believe Princess Diane and Charles got married. That was the big thing on TV, and of course, you know, it was just, it was just such a different time then, and, and baseball is, is, is no different. I mean, it was a different time. But it was a, the whole vibe, the whole feeling was just kind of like, what is going on? I mean, again, much like right now, there was really a sense of uh, a lot of questioning of how it was gonna how it was gonna play out. I mean, the season you kind of you weren't sure if it was gonna be even played, and then when they did play it, it was like, well, okay, when you, you just kind of thought, okay, it's gonna end at any moment, and then of course that moment came uh, in June when it was the end. It, but and that's just baseball wise. If you're talking about just what what was like for the for the Reds, I means just imagine the '90 team having that season as 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 great as it was as you were going. Imagine in the middle of that great run, the season coming to a grinding halt, and the Reds not qualifying for the postseason because of some weird dynamics that happened with ownership and also the Major League Baseball. That's kind of what it was for '81. Now, was the '81 team as good as '90? Absolutely not. But we were pretty good. I mean, we were coming off the big red machine, so there was that little lull, but you had the, the, the building of a pretty good squad. I mean, enough to, to possibly do something. I mean, they did finish, I mean, in first place overall. They had the best record in baseball. There was a banner to prove it, and I've had that banner in my hands at one time at the Red Hall <laughs> of Fame, so it does exist. 
And you look at that team, and there's a couple of at least comparisons we can draw from this year. They had a one-two punch at the top of the rotation that was all-time with a young Mario Soto and uh, Tom Seaver. And then the lineup, pretty darn good, too. I mean, we kind of hope to see a good lineup with the 2020 Reds. When when you look back, uh, first off, the the split season just uh, why? <laughs> I guess right. It, it was so weird. Like I don't know if there's really a good answer. I don't to, even today. I mean, if you really w- want to think about it, is there a good answer for that? I don't know. The owners <laughs> voted on it, so it was. It wasn't like it was a a dictatorist, you know, a commissioner making this call. This was voted on by the owners. Right. Um, but the split season because of the strike and, and in deciding to do, you know, the first half and the second half, and then the Reds, you know, finished overall, what were they? I think they were 66 and 42, I want to yep. say. Yeah. So, yeah. So they had that, I mean, the finish in second place, well, think about this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing you need to think about the Dodgers, the second half of the season, the Dodgers who went on to win the world series, they were six games back. In the second, they were third place, I think, six games back in the second half of the season. But because of the quirkiness, you know, of how they decided to to, to uh, complete the season, to split it in half, and then okay, you had a first uh, champion, then a second one, and they decided, well, okay, we're gonna the Reds. Yeah, you had the best record, but we're counting the second half. That's the only thing that counts. So sorry, you lose. The Dodgers go to the World Series. It was so bizarre. And again, the, the thing that I never understood, and I've talked to some people that were in the no in that during that time. And they said they don't understand how it came to that vote, like how it worked itself out. It's such, such a perplexing thing. And again, it's when you get into strikes and when you're getting to, when you're talking about um, how to fix things, there's no easy answer. It's really difficult to, to make these decisions. And I don't blame the owners. I kind of, they were put in a, you know, between a rock and a hard place. What do you do? I mean, you really have to just kind of do what's best. And that's, I think, why they decided to take, take it to the owners for a vote. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's just because you haven't found the right one. There's a company called Withings. They made the first ever smart scale, and they are still the best at doing it. And now they have the Body Plus Body Composition Scale. It's a smart scale that connects to your phone via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. That way it easily tracks everything that you do. Look, willpower is key when it comes to being healthy and losing weight, but so is the right equipment. And with the Body Plus, whenever you step on it, your weight, your weight trend, your full body composition, and even a weather report gets sent to your phone instantaneously through the Wi-Fi or the Bluetooth. And today... We've got a great deal for you. You go to withings.com slash MLB to get 25% off the Body Plus scale. That's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com slash MLB. You'll get 25% off the best smart scale on the market. If you're looking to get healthy and lose weight during all of this safe and place order stuff, look no further than withings.com slash MLB. When you look back on the Reds from that year, obviously, like we mentioned, it was really perplexing that they never made the postseason when they right. were clearly a very, very good team. What was the thing that stood about stood out the most to you about the Reds that year? You had such a great, like, I mean, you talked about the pitching. I mean, you had, you know, Soto, Pastore, you know, 
Tom Hume, Boom Boom Hume, the man, Bruce Bereni. <laughs> I mean, a pretty pretty decent pitching staff. I mean, they weren't the greatest. I mean, Soto was coming into his own at this time. I mean, he was really the Reds' ace and, and one of the best in the National League, if not baseball. But you had Foster, George Foster was in the in his peak, 22 home runs, um, 90 RBIs. You had Griffey, 65 runs. What, the, the, the interesting thing about that season was that the Reds – uh, they when they came back to play, so they had to come back. You know, the season. Oh, but we we've settled the strike, so they had to go through this kind of spring training thing. Where um, in August they had a six day conditioning. I want to say it was six days. I believe it was a week where they went to the University of Michigan campus to have a quote unquote spring training. I guess what we call a summer training to get ready for the second half of the season. And they played it. Um, the name of the field was Ray Fisher Field. Ray mm-hmm. Fisher being a member and trigger part of the 1919 Reds. And he was still alive. I think he was in his 90s. So he would go watch the Reds at his field named after him. So there was that connection there, which was always interesting to me. Like he was there to see that. I wonder what his thoughts would have been on this whole strike thing. I'm sure he was probably not too happy about like, oh, back in my day, right, you know, yeah. strikes you played, that was it. But it was kind of interesting little tidbit there where when they did their conditioning, he was – it was at his field, named after him, the namesake, and then he got to watch him and kind of hang out with the players. So that, that would have been interesting. But then they come back, and then um, August 7th or 8th, I think it was the 7th, when they had to play the California Angels in Anaheim for an exhibition game. So it's just that this is before interleague play, so that had to be a bizarre world. I mean, you're playing against an American League team in August just to get ready to play. And then they come back, and they end up losing – Ironically, the first game back, the second opening day, I guess you could call it, was uh, they lost four nothing to the Dodgers, I think. So, yeah, but just there was all these quirky little weird things that happened. I mean, even if you look back at the starting lineup on the on the offense, it was uh, Bench was a utility player that year. Your starting catcher was Nolan, and your third baseman, which Bench would go on to play some third base the following year, um, was Ray Knight. So, I mean, Bench was a utility guy come off the bench. Of course, he breaks his ankle in May. So he misses that second part of the season. So that was another big problem that they had, but he was in, in, in the, the tail end of his career. So it wasn't like he was a major, major factor, but his presence in the lineup, obviously, I mean, you're talking about the greatest hitting catcher of all time. So there's nothing to be said about that, but yeah, the 81 season, all in all, just quirky, very strange and very, very spookily reminiscent of what we're going through right now. Who knows what's going to happen? Who's going to be on the roster? Who's going to be allowed to play? Who's going to, and even if we do get to play, let's say we do, and then you have Trevor Bauer, how long are we going to have him? I mean, plus just the, the overall dynamics of being in baseball shape. I mean, how's that going to play out? So the similarities are really, really fascinating. It's a very interesting topic that, you know, that you brought up for this. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's the only thing, because obviously this is something that, uh, I mean, none of us in our lifetime have ever gone through. And, and people always compare uh, what we're doing now to what people were going through back in 1918, which obviously none of right. us have any sort of firsthand account. Right. Then, but, uh, and it's just, it's, it's so bizarre. And 81 only was the season that had the bizarro world profile close to this. That's... That's what made me think of that. And, and and the thing you brought up about Trevor Bauer, that was the – it keeps bumming me out too. Like when I go, you know, you got the positive mentality of they're going to play. But then every so often the negative mentality comes in and you're like, oh, they're not going to play. And based on what Major League Baseball and the Players Union agreed upon last Friday, if they don't play at all, players who 
would become free agents at the end of this season still end up becoming free agents. So that that then leads you down a path of, oh, hey, we'll never get to see Trevor. It's just, it's so right. crazy. Man. Yeah, and it, it is, and it's, you know, you, you try to, you know, look at the sunny side of the street, and well, at least they, they might play a few months, and at least they'll make an effort, but wh- whatever happens, I mean, if they play or they don't play, what could have been, I mean, and, and you know, as well as anybody, the, the, the momentum going from December, January, February, as we went into the spring training, I cannot remember, I think the last time you had this much uh, positive momentum going into the season had to be in the mid-90s, into the late-90s, or maybe even when we got junior, you know, at the beginning of the 2000s. So it's like maybe that, because the 90 team, nobody thought was going to do anything. It was last place or bust. I mean, nobody thought they were going to do anything. And that could be said about a lot of teams. And probably the closest that I can remember would be the the positive momentum from from junior. You know, everybody thought Mm -hmm. that was the piece. Of course, it turned out not to be the piece, but there was that whole thought like season ticket sales are through the roof. It's going to be amazing. But yeah. And the same this year, you had all of the, the hubbub and the, and it's going to be great. And then once that parade got canceled, I mean, that's when it kind of like, uh Oh, that's not good because if they're canceling that, surely they're not going to be able to play. And then you're thinking, okay, well maybe a couple weeks we'll see, but yeah, obviously. And again, baseball is the last thing in the grand scheme of things we need to be worried about, but there is something to be said about the, you know, the, the craziness of it all and how we had this, of course it is the Cincinnati luck, isn't it? <laughs> we had this momentum and then who knows, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I was going to say that is the most Cincinnati thing ever to be right. set up for success. And then something that no one has any control over whatsoever right. stops that right. from happening. Exactly. Real quick before uh, we end our chat on this episode here, what's uh, going on? Uh, what's the Hall of Fame and Museum like right now with all of this uh, surrounding us? Well, it is, I would say, um, to be determined would be the, the phrase <laughs> that I would probably <laughs> use because we, we're in uncharted territory here. We don't know. I mean, there's you obviously you're not going to be able to visit but I will say that Rick Wald, Chris Actus, they are doing a fantastic job of kind of bringing the museum to you. So if you follow them on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, if you are on those on social media, you will see them post some things um, that just little things that you probably didn't know, little bits of history and then some photographs and some video. They're doing a, as good a job as I think you can do in the circumstances um, to kind of bring the museum to you if you can't be there. I mean, it's obviously not the same, but they're doing the best they can. And there, there's going to be some things I'm sure coming up here as we get more of an idea of what to expect. Um, I think that you're going to see some announcements where they're going to be able to do some things. But again, to be determined, we're still kind of in limbo, all of us. I mean, everybody that's involved uh, with the Reds and, and, and you know, just it's, it's just a strange, strange vibe. And you just kind of just kind of put that positive hat on and say, you know what, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's something um, baseball, just it, it, it'll be back. When we don't know, but just think about how awesome it's going to be when the sun is shining at Great American Ballpark once again. Sitting there with a big red smoky and a, right. uh, a some kind of cold beverage. I don't know if it'll oh, be absolutely. from the third baseline or if it'll just be a Bud Light. I don't know. We'll see. It, right now, any of it sounds good. <laughs> right. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, Cam, I appreciate it, sir. And and like he mentioned, follow. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum on just about, I mean, t- 
every social media. I mean, there's so much crap out there anymore. I know that <laughs> I think it was like last week for a minute, everyone on Facebook was convinced that Ohio was closing down liquor stores. That just goes to show right. you, you need to find some good stuff on social media. And the Red Song right. Fame and Museum is good stuff. Always enjoy getting to talk to Cam about all things Red's history. And actually, this is a good uh, good point to plug it. Coming up here over the next couple of weeks, there will be a three-part series with Cam Miller talking about some Red stadiums of the past. We're going to look at Riverfront. We'll look at Redland slash Crosley Field. And we'll even have an episode about the Palace of the Fans. You're not going to want to miss those episodes. They'll be over the next three weeks, uh, coming up, you know, one episode a week. But that's going to do it for us here today and this week on the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. And if you've missed anything this week, I had a great interview with Lucas Sims a couple of days ago. If you've missed that, you'll definitely not want to forget to go back and I said that the most, yeah, just go back and listen to it, but that'll do it for us here today. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on all the many podcasting platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and hit me up on the Locked On Reds line at 513-549-0159. We'll try and get to some Locked On Reds line stuff on a one or two or three, who knows how many episodes next week. So keep the questions, comments, memories that you had, your favorite memory as a Reds fan, and also your favorite player who not necessarily going to win any sort of awards, but when you look back, being a Reds fan, guys that you just considered your favorite players, hit me up on the Lockdown Reds line and let me know, and also on Twitter. But that's it. Thanks so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. My name is Jeff Carr. And I'll talk to you guys on Monday with special guest James Rapine. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.